Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically performing preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another tuesday super excited to be uh in your podcast your ear on your ipad your iphone coming through your speakers it's always a great privilege and i thank you guys for tuning in to the bar uh we love you we appreciate all the support and love and today we're bringing you another great show um definitely have been uh Super excited about this guest. Definitely been uh, marked it on my calendar and counted out the days almost to have on uh, Pastor Burke. How are you, sir? I'm well, Dwayne. Good to talk with you, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah, we have uh, none other than uh, uh, one of the pastors at St. Andrews uh, in Florida. And uh, what I'm going to let you do right here, sir, is I'm, I'm going to give you a floor to kind of introduce yourself for those that may not know who you are, whether you want to talk about uh, personal, professional, I'm going to leave the floor up to you, how you want to introduce yourself to my folks. Well, um, I am a uh, husband uh, to my wonderful bride and uh, and uh, father to our three children, and um, they are the uh, absolute love of my life in every way. and. Um, been serving as a pastor now um and uh for uh maybe uh you know goodness how long has it been it's probably been <laughs> as a pastor since 2004 but have served in the church uh, in ministry since uh i think it was 95 so went on uh, mm. staff of a church in 95 and uh, really have been working with the church and serving the church um and staff ministry for the past 20, I guess, 22 years now. And, um, and so pastoring is what I've been called to do to, to serve God's people by shepherding and preaching and counseling and coming alongside. And, um, 
And then uh, also, while I was in seminary, I took a job with Ligonier Ministries and R.C. Sproul. And so I've been working for Ligonier Ministries and uh, mainly, as, as, uh, as, as you know, Dwayne, as editor of Table Talk. And so serve in other roles and do different things, but my, my primary calling and stewardship uh, that the Lord has entrusted to me is as a pastor and, of course, a um, editor and, and servant at uh, Ligonier Ministries under Chris Larson, who's the president there. So that, that kind of sums it up um, in some ways, and I hope that's a helpful introduction. Yes, sir. You did good. Not, not too shabby. <laughs> so um, one thing that that uh, <clears throat> that I love about, you know, the bar is we have a lot of pastors that that are listeners um, and a lot of them are, you know, either planning churches or taking over the church or starting up. So uh, we're, go- we're going to kind of focus on the pastoring preaching side of this podcast. And uh, my first question would be. Um, being that you're in full-time ministry, uh, how do you, I guess, in what ways do you do you try to find that uh, work or ministry personal life balance? Because I know ministry seems like it don't turn off, um, you know, and, and you have to find a way to, to to balance that. What are some of the ways you've, you've, I guess, taken steps to make sure that you have a good balance in that area? Well, that's a good question, Dwayne. And, um, I think if if I if I could, I'd like to sort of sort of take a few steps back from that question because that's the question that yeah. you know typically we ask. It's a question that we typically want to answer, but I think we need mm-hmm. to take a few steps back because typically I think pastors, when they're asking that question, um, they've if if they're actually trying to figure that out then it means that their priorities are already out of whack. <laughs> uh, it, it means that right. they've they've they're letting the tail wag the dog. Um, if they're already mm-hmm. asking that question, they, you see, if if they really understand their role as a child of God, and they understand their role if they're a husband and father, and they understand their role as 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 a man who is called to be a genuine and 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 just real guy in the real world, being a, a real mm-hmm. dad and a real husband, then and and in one sense, everything else is going to fall into place. Um, mm. the, the man's not going to have to really ask the question, well, how do I separate things? How do I make enough time for right. my family? The guy who's asking that question probably already isn't spending enough time with his family and his children because he thinks it's about a scheduling thing and he thinks it's about, you know, getting it on the calendar. Well, wow. if a man's priorities are right, you know, if he's truly resting in the grace of God and resting in his identity as a child of God, as an heir of Christ, as a as 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 one who has been rescued and redeemed and is preserved by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, then in one sense it sets him free to have a a very enjoyable life as a dad, as a husband, as a friend. You know, a lot of pastors they don't really have mm-hmm. friends uh right. either because they don't think they need them or they don't they don't cultivate friendships because friendships are hard, as we know, and it takes a lot of charity, a lot of love, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of mm-hmm. repentance, a lot of saying I'm sorry. And pastors typically are not very good at saying they're sorry to their friends. And <laughs> pastors sometimes make the worst of friends. So we we need to be real men in real life, you know, and 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 not mm-hmm. see us ourselves as any more important than we are 
make ourselves out to be more important than the rest of people or set ourselves up as if we're more significant to God or more needed by God uh, than, than the average Christian. We're, we're, we're sheep as well. And, uh, and we are also called to be shepherds. And so I I think if you really understand it, um, as a pastor, then you, everything in life is going to just take the natural priority it ought to take. And that means you're going to have to say Mm -hmm. no to things. And, and that's where the difficulty comes, I think, for a lot of pastors, because we want to be liked. We want people to like us. We want people to love us. Anyone who says he doesn't want to be liked is either lying or crazy. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we, we want to be liked and we want to prove ourselves. We want to demonstrate uh, to our people that we're doing a good job and so on. Um, but we have to be the ones ultimately to guard our own schedules. We have to be the ones to say mm-hmm. no. And I think a lot of men in ministry are opportunistic. Um, they're, whether it's via social media, just trying to constantly right. network and gain a presence and become famous and be a celebrity pastor and try to get all their, uh, everyone's mm-hmm. eyes looking at them. They want their name in lights. They want to be on the conference circuit. They, they want to be traveling and, and uh, their family can wow. sort of take second place. And I think that's, that, that comes from a heart that is a self-centered heart, not a, not a heart that's centered on the glory of God. It's centered on their own glory and their own kingdom and their own name, not the glory and honor and kingdom of Christ. So, I think when a man is really resting in the grace of God and looking to the glory of God, not to his own glory, then it sets him free, liberates him to be an ordinary dad, an ordinary husband, um, and an ordinary friend, and also an ordinary pastor who serves his people, loves his people. And so, you know, if you're not being opportunistic, that means you're going to be very happy and very content Mm. um, serving the Lord in the place that he's put you. And uh, mm. you don't, you're not always looking for the bigger church or the bigger opportunity or more money or a bigger salary. You're, you're going to be content, generally speaking, where the Lord has placed you. And you're just going to strive to cultivate the soil there and to be faithful there over the course of the decades of ministry that the Lord gives you. Um, and I think that's what we're called to do and uh, not, to, mm-hmm. not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think and to live really humbly before the Lord every day saying, Lord, help me to be a good dad and a good husband. Help me to be a faithful pastor, but to recognize our identity is not, our identity is not in pastoring. Ultimately, our identity is in Christ. So I hope that kind of helps answer that question by reframing it just a little bit. Oh, no, that was perfect. That was perfect. And I could actually hear the ouches from like toes being stepped on. So (laughs) <laughs> that was that was perfect. Uh, you know, and I, I came out of the charismatic world. You know, we spoke before uh, we started recording. And honestly, I thought I left a lot of that when I, you know, came into, I guess you could say, the reform of faith. But um, but it's true. You see the people that that are trying to build their own kingdom, even on this side. Um, and, and that definitely makes sense as far as prioritizing. And, and like you said, being a man first, all great points all great points just a side I mean, note we we uh yeah go ahead go ahead Dwayne. no no i'm just saying as a side note you know i i follow you on twitter and i had the notifications on so you, you're definitely not disappointing you come out dropping bombs already go ahead what you was about to say <laughs> no i appreciate that and um that's an encouragement to me because that's that's kind of why i don't like social media i hate twitter i hate hate what it kind of brings out of people and uh, especially servants of the Lord, because it, for some guys, and this right. is kind of what I was, was going to say is that some guys, their entire social media feed 
whether it's Twitter or, or the Facebook or you know Instagram, whatever. It's just look at me, look at me, look at my audience, look at where <laughs> I am, look at my travels, look at look at me, look at me. Now, now we are called, we are called, as Paul says, to want people to imitate us as we follow Christ. But that's right. not look at me and look at everything I'm doing and look at how great I am. It's it's living an example of life with real people, not just on social media, uh, but mm. but before the watching world in our community, and and saying, okay, follow follow my path, follow this holiness, and also follow my own repentance, as we both mm-hmm. look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Um, and I think I think right. we have a of a growing plague, um, and I think it's actually sinful in the church. Where we are, we have a lot of men that are really kind of building their own names and their own platforms and their own kingdoms, and it's hard to mm-hmm. it's hard to see Christ through them because there's so much attention on themselves and on their their book and right. or their new thing or what who they're with and name dropping this mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is. And <laughs> I, I think I think it's it's a dangerous thing that we're seeing in the church today, and I I don't think it pleases the Lord. Right. Yeah. All all great points. Great points. Um, so but I'm gonna ask you, do do I get a pass though since I'm a podcaster? I'm not a pastor, so can I can I can <laughs> <laughs> Well, I you know, I think you're doing a great job, Dwayne. I think because I think what you're doing <laughs> is you're really you're really trying to serve the church by bringing by bringing people on your podcast that are pointing people to Christ and not themselves. Right. Um, it just, right, right. I say, just always be about it. Why are you doing it? Is it for the glory of God or right. is it for your own glory? Is it for the name of Christ or yeah. is it for your own name? And I think that's what we have yeah. to ask ourselves with everything. Every, every article I write oh, yeah. for table talk, every, every issue we put out, every sermon I preach, you know, um, I want to say, Lord, am I doing this for your glory? Is this about, is this about mm-hmm. you and your glory? And, or is it about mine? And and if it is, Lord, change my motive, change my change my heart, and forgive mm-hmm. me. You know. Mm. Yes, sir. Exactly. Exactly. That that's so ironic. Um, this morning, uh, December, I guess the fifth, I I was struck out and walked this morning. I you know I said I'm gonna start walking, and uh and that was part of my prayer uh because I'm on a new I have a new uh, job assignment. I'm a recruiter. And, and, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, give me wisdom with this job. You know, I would love to see the, the deficit of, you know, drivers because I'm recruiting drivers go down. And then I was like, well, Lord, let you let your glory shine through. I don't want to do it so that Dwayne gets recognition, you know, but even in even on my job, you know, so that that also applies. So, man, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Man, we could just we could cap out right there, man. But I'm I'm gonna have to keep asking questions. If I don't, my listener's gonna get on me. Uh, so we're gonna try to move along. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> yes, sir. So, um, one thing I love, uh, well, I, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna move to the question. Um, you know, and, and going back to Twitter, um, one thing that stood out to me, and, and I know, like I said, I know you didn't do it for attention or anything. But it was on uh, the Reformation Day. And, you know, everybody was posted Reformation, everything, everywhere. And uh, you made a tweet um, basically just saying, hey, Reformation, yeah, that's great. But let's, you know, the, the real Reformation is, you know, through Jesus Christ. I don't remember the exact wording, but it was like taking the focus off of 
Martin Luther and going back. And I think you even spoke about that that same day because I, I watch everything you guys do. Do you, you recall that? Yeah, I do. And I appreciate you bringing that up. I hadn't thought about it since. But, you know, it, 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 it it's significant, I think, because, you know, I've spent a lot of time studying the reformers, uh, Luther, and I've spent a lot of time in Germany studying and in Wittenberg, in fact, over the years, going back to 99 and 2001, living there and studying Luther and, and, and spent a lot of time in Calvin, studying Calvin, reading Calvin, even translating Calvin. And uh, from the mm. Latin. And, and I have to say that when we look at these guys, when we look at the reformers, they would be appalled at, at mm-hmm. in one sense, mm-hmm. at the kind of glory we're giving them. Now, we need to study them, and I think they'd appreciate that. We need to honor those whom the Lord has honored. We need to study those whom God has raised up as faithful forefathers to proclaim and to teach His truth. Um, but we need to be very careful that we don't fall into idolatry or man worship and make right. it all about Luther or make it all about Calvin, they would, they would be abhorred at that. They, they, you know, they would find it absolutely abhorrent. They would say, listen, it's just about the Holy Spirit's work through the Word of God for Christ and the glory of God. You know, let, us, let us not draw all our attention to the men. Let us draw our attention mm-hmm. to Christ. And that's, that's, that's where they were pointing, and that's where they would have us point. I think they'd be in some ways appalled at the way in which we celebrate them rather than honor them. It's one thing to honor. It's another right. thing to make these men our heroes to the to the point wherein they've never done anything wrong and they've never sinned in any way and they're absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. We we almost want to make little gods or little angels out of mm-hmm. sinful mm-hmm. human beings that we're trusting Jesus Christ as we are. And so I think it needs to be re- said and we need to be reminded of it. And I think being uh, a, a staunch uh, adherent of Reformed theology, um, holding to the Westminster standards ex animo with, you know, heartily with all my heart, um, that that it needs to be the, the guys who are confessionally Reformed that say this. Um, we need to be the ones to say, listen, we, we're not fundamentally of Luther or Calvin. We're fundamentally of Christ. We're fundamentally of Scripture, right. and that's what they were about. And uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up, and I, I hope it's something that, that we all remember, that we honor them, we study them, we learn from them, we exemplify their way of life as they followed Christ. But ultimately, we are looking to Christ and to the Scriptures as our only infallible rule for faith and life. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, it it was it was it was good. Like I told you, I had my had the notifications turned on and, and I saw that I was like, Yeah, that that is uh that's so true. We get really caught up in that, uh in the nostalgia of it and um and, and really drawn in. So yeah, that was that was awesome. So uh I guess my, my next question, um uh coming, I guess, you know, you say you've been at uh St. Andrews for about twenty years, being a in the pastor role in a church that's, you know, very well established, you know, uh, foundation very much in place. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you face as a shepherd, uh, uh, of, of, you know, of this, this, this church that, you know, like says, well known, well established. Um, what, what are some of the, the, I guess you could say day to day, or even just in general challenges as a pastor, something that you would tell another pastor that, that uh, that you deal with, uh, and then also how you deal with that challenge, and then uh, yeah. go from there. That's a great question, Dwayne. And I, I think you know, it, uh, don't mean to sound trite, but you know, sin is the answer. the The hardest thing we do is <laughs> sin. And, you know, right, I mean, right. and you know, people, and uh, you know, 
So ministry would be easy mm-hmm. if it weren't for people and sinners. Um, but but in truth, it, it's not just it's not just the sins of the people, um, but it's our own sins, and it's the sins right. of fellow shepherds, um, mm-hmm. and um, and it's living in reality of that. And um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm a I'm a pretty normal ordinary pastor. This morning, my first appointment was with um, several several of our deacons and the incoming chairman of our diaconate and uh, vice chairman and. Um, the outgoing chairman and uh, with another pastor. And then immediately after that, I met with a young man who, um, who uh, we talked about uh, Christ and he's coming, he's now a teenager, a late teenager and coming because he wants to be baptized. He didn't grow up in our church, mm-hmm. grew up in a, a different, different church somewhere else and let him through the gospel today, just before I got on the phone with you and, uh, and uh, talked to him about the Lord and, you know, asked him the question, you know, if you stand before the Lord and he asks you, why shall I let you into heaven? What would you say? And uh, mm-hmm. his answer was, was pretty weak. And uh, so we, we walked through that. And I, I think he is a Christian. I think he knows the Lord, um, but struggles with some things and assurance. And so after the examination, talked about repentance and talked about fruit in his life and, and um, going to spend more time talking with him and examining him, but hopefully he will be baptized here in, in coming weeks. Um, so, uh, that's my regular day. I, I counsel with people. I'm right. in the hospitals regularly, um, serve our people well, and then, of course, preach uh, morning and evening on the Lord's Day, um, and uh, preaching uh, through Romans in the in the morning and then through Exodus in the evening, and just verse by verse. And um, and right now I'm doing a, a side uh, series on the mission of God, taking that from Romans chapter 10. I've been spending last few months looking at scripture and the mission of God and the mission of, of the church. But, you know, the real struggles that, that we deal with, of course, are, are, are you know, the, the sadness of, of sin. And I mean, we're a church of about 13, you know, 12, 1300 people. And, you know, sometimes we have more attendees than that. But, um, you know, we have the same problems and deal with the same uh, sins that every church deals with. And, uh, talking with people, counseling with people, hoping to see people come to right. repentance, hoping to see men not, you know, not commit adultery and cheat on their wives, dealing with men addicted to pornography, mm-hmm. dealing with uh, domestic violence, dealing with, you know, you name it. Um, I, I, some right. of the things I can't even say, uh, but we deal with that yeah. every day. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, I, but I, to, to answer your question, I think you may be looking for something a little bit more um, particular. Um I, I think in reality that something that might help, because everything I've just said is sort of obvious. You know, every pastor understands all that. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is is our greatest struggles is, and this, this may or may not be helpful for your audience, Dwayne, but we have to remember that we are first and foremost shepherds. We are pastors, mm-hmm. not first and foremost preachers. You see, pastor shepherd is is our office preacher is not an office in the new testament a preacher is something that we do preaching is an aspect of shepherding and this may sound a little strange because preaching is a very significant part of what we do in the public eye or in the eye of the congregation and it is a very significant part of what we do but of course not every pastor is preaching every week they're involved in teaching and so on but it's very important that a lot of times what happens is is that as we as we grow and as we mature and as we are, you know, the primary one preaching, a lot of people in the church, because they're so used to it in other churches, they say, well, 
you really don't need to be shepherding anymore. You don't need to be doing the hard work of shepherding and counseling and visiting people in the mm-hmm. hospitals. You can graduate from that. Um, and you just be the preacher and we, you just give us a good show every week and tickle our theological ears and, you know, give us a good story and a good sociocultural anecdote and, you know, give us a good poem and, you know, just, just make us happy and put on a show and so that we can enjoy it week in and week out. And don't worry about all that other stuff because that stuff doesn't really matter. Well, that pressure comes on pastors and pastors, some of them love it. They say, I want to graduate from all that hard work. I want to graduate from having to deal with all the church discipline problems and issues of counseling and addiction and other other things in the church. I want to graduate from all that. And so one of the greatest uh, pressures or conflicts that we face in one sense is the idea that the people would have us graduate and move on from those things. And, that, and it begins to happen when when you have convinced your people that you're too busy for their little stuff because you're the preacher. Mm. And so then what mm-hmm. happens is they begin to say to you, well, I didn't want to bother you with that because you're too busy. And we as pastors have to be the ones to say, no, no, no. I'm here for this very purpose. I'm here to serve you. Yes, I preach. And yes, I do these things. I can't meet with everyone every time anyone wants to meet any time of the day or week. But we're here to serve. We, we, we are ministers and ministers fundamentally an office of service. And yes, we serve by leading. Yes, we serve by governing. Yes, we serve by uh, carrying out the authority of Christ and discipline and preaching his word. But our authority is not inherent authority. When we preach the word right. of God, our authority is not in of ourselves. Our, our authority is the word of God. That's the authority. And our authority is ministerial or declarative authority. It's, it's, it's the, the authority of a servant heralding the word of God, the truth of God. And you understand that, of course, but... But in one sense, what I'm trying to get at is that the conflict is often that conflict that comes from people thinking we don't really need to be about the business of serving the Lord's people as shepherds right. and of of just doing the normal work. Because once we sell out to that, or once we give into that worldly idea that has crept into the church, then then we begin to become pulpiteers and just mm-hmm. men giving people a show. And so that's why I think a lot of pastors don't stay where they are very long because people have said, well, you've, you've entertained us long enough. We want somebody else. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's so good, man. That is so good. So on point. Um, <laughs> really, really good stuff. So right here, uh, Pastor Berg, I'm going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. This is the Chocolate Knox. If you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass... This is the show for you. <laughs> Cross Politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith, culture, and politics, proclaiming the Lordship of Christ in every corner of our culture. Hallelujah. Gabriel Wrench is a deacon from Texas, and he wears overalls. One time. <laughs> Chocolate Knox, a.k.a. David Shannon, he's a movie maker from Minnesota. I'm Toby Sumter, pastor here in Moscow, Idaho, and I used to live in Alaska. Did you know that? No. No. We've interviewed everyone from Alveda King to Ted Cruz to Steve Dace to Walter Williams, and we invite you to join us here at CrossPolitik as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast, all to the glory of God. CrossPolitik.com. All right, we're back. It's the bar, and uh, man... Pastor Burke, dropping bombs like you do on Twitter. 
Good stuff. Great conversation. Great connection. So glad we were able to make this happen, sir. And uh, I am going to be true to my word. I told you the recordings are about 30 minutes, so uh, we're ready to wrap it up. Um, and what I like to always end with is what I call my bar, quote unquote, signature questions. So uh, I have three of them. And I'm going uh, to shoot them off back to back. You let me know the answer. And uh, it's real fun, real easy, real quick. And the first question is, what kind of music do you listen to when nobody's around? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I listen to all sorts of music. Um, and uh, I love music. Uh, I, this morning, I was listening to Louis Armstrong. Uh, nice. And, uh, and uh, I love Louis Armstrong. Um I, I listen to all sorts of stuff. I listen to classical okay. music. I love uh, Baroque music in particular, Bach. Um, I listen to opera. I listen to country music. I listen to, old, I mean, old country music, not the kind of stuff you listen to that are on the radio. None of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got you. But, uh, yeah, I listen to all sorts of different music. I listen to some independent stuff and, um, you know, just listen to all sorts of different stuff. I, I, I think every genre of music is, uh, is, is a brilliant form of, of art. And, um, so I honestly, I could just go on and on and on and on and on and tell you the type of music <laughs> I listen to. Um, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so right now, Lingen Duncan has the best answer. Because uh, he said Motown, Earth, Wind, and Fire. So I'm just going to put that on record. Lincoln Duncan is still winning in that category. You may listen to it, but he named it. So just letting you know. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yes, sir. So uh, the next bar signature question is what book or books are you reading right now? Well, uh, yeah, I'm always kind of reading through different ones and several of them. And I do both, um, you know, book reading and then I also do uh, audiobook uh, listening and reading, if you will. Right now, mm -hmm. I'm actually mm -hmm. reading through uh, Les Mis, Les Miserables uh, by Victor Hugo, the unabridged version. Um, and uh, in the latter portion of that book, and um, also reading Sanctification by Michael Allen, uh, the new book. Mm. And uh, on on audiobook, I'm I'm just listening to about two or three different books. Going through the Institutes again uh, right now. Just was mm -hmm. going through that the other day. Uh, and then I I read different books on on history and. Um, so I just finished one on the history of Florida. Really fascinating, a very sad history, especially as you consider um, slavery and you consider, um, you know, the, the racist past of Florida and what, what is, and that's, of course, true of most states, but, but Florida has a very right. sordid, very sordid and, and, and sad history. Um, so, you know, I'm always reading different things and I'm picking up new things. And another thing I should always point out is that the vast majority of the reading I do is in commentaries. I mean, I'm, I'm nice. as, as a pastor, of course, I'm reading commentaries, and they're my favorite thing to read. And I don't think we should discount the significance of that. Um, most of the time when my kids see me reading, it's reading commentaries. Uh, they're the greatest things. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I had to go to a deserted island, it would be with commentaries. It'd be with Greek and Hebrew helps and you know, commentaries on the Psalms and various Gospels, John, Matthew. And uh, right. commentaries are beautiful. So that, that's a nice. long answer to your short question. I got you. No deserted islands here. This isn't five minutes in church history. I already had Steve Nichols on. So. <laughs> no, no deserted islands here, but uh, but I got you. Okay, here's one, um, and and it may not apply. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? 
Well, I, I don't regularly listen to any podcasts um, in the sense of every week. I just don't have the time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you right. know, when I'm in the car, it's either talking with my kids or it's it's on a phone call uh, with someone at the church mm-hmm. or, or licking ear. Um, but I, I do find that I, I've, I've most often listened to um, both the Heidelcast with Scott Clark and Reformed Forum. Uh, and, uh, so those are two podcasts that I've, I've just generally listened to, uh, Al Mohler's of course is on in my house a lot cause my wife listens to that. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll hear mm-hmm. that cause she listens to that pretty much daily, uh, the briefing. Um, but if yep. I, if I have time, it's going to be either reading or it's going to be an audio book. So, um, right. you know, I think everyone's different in where they are, but for me, yeah. unless it's a very penetrating podcast, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I just don't have the time for it, honestly. Right. Well, my listeners are going to be tired of me saying this, but this is the running joke at the bar. If Al Mohler on the briefing did weather, I would never turn my TV on. <laughs> Understood. Understood. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah I, I love the briefing. It that's, that's the start of my day almost every day. So, uh, you know, here's my request in between uh, your audio books, talking to your kids, handling business on the phone, slide on the bar every now and again, just to, this see here what we got going on okay you got it <laughs> good stuff sir well uh right here i'm going to give you the floor to uh address my my listeners any uh encouraging words announcements this show will probably air next tuesday uh just so you know it'll be this month usually i record almost a month ahead but um i did an rts month uh last month and it kind of had me stagnant so i'm kind of like catching up so any announcements that you have or any uh any encouraging words or any words of wisdom for my listeners and then when you finish we'll be out of here i appreciate that Dwayne. that's actually very thoughtful uh of you and uh that's a good question to, to to finish on and i would say that in our day of podcasts and sermons online and you asked that question i don't really listen to uh, sermons online i um I think that sermons ought to be delivered for a particular congregation. That's why mine aren't online. Um, the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. doing something uniquely among a shepherd. If he knows his people, he's not just spe- speaking to a general audience. He's speaking to families that he knows and he's worked with and shepherded. But to that point, I think what I would say, and in this in this world of podcast pastor, a lot of things online, and those things are good, not necessarily wrong or anything like that. They can be very, very helpful for God's people. But I believe one of the greatest issues and problems in the church today is that is that people are not really connected to the community and the family of their local churches as they need to as they need to be mm-hmm. and that and that Thanks. your listeners and I'm sure they are they need to be involved members of their local churches who are there to serve and love and to stir up one another to love and good works and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together loving people and caring for people and standing up for truth and teaching the truth and contending for the faith once delivered to the saints while always eagerly striving to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that 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 we would be a people who are committed to our local congregations and our local pastor that we would more feed on our local pastors sermons throughout the week than listen to 20 other sermons from the most well-known popular mm-hmm. preachers of our day. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It, it can be very helpful and very good and very edifying. But 
Let us not compare our pastors to the podcast celebrities. Let us, let us honor them and sit under the ministry of the word that the Lord has entrusted to them and pray for them and love them and support them and be there week in and week out and be involved in that local church community. So I hope that's a, a helpful uh, reminder and something that is obvious to all of your listeners, but I think it is what would please the Lord and honor, honor him. Awesome. Great, great closing. Um, and, and here at the bar, we recognize that. And we also uh, do what I call a local pastor spotlight, where we we interview those those local pastors to show that, you know, of course, it's good to get a, a, a good a big name, somebody that's wrote a book. But there's some guys out there in the trenches out there, like you said, in the community doing great work and uh and we 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 have a platform just for them uh not not to be famous or not to build their empire but just to encourage other guys that that are listening out there so man that that is definitely the heart of the bar and a great way to end it again sir thank you so much so grateful so honored that you'll be on a podcast really appreciate it um definitely would love to have you back uh whenever schedules uh permit uh, would love to have you back because there's so much more we can can talk about and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, to my listeners, make sure you check us out every Tuesday. Uh, go to the website, thebarpodcast.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, The Bar Podcast. Uh, also check out our new addition to The Bar Network, which is the Just Thinking Podcast with Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker uh, that airs every Friday. They will be dealing with uh, social issues as well as uh, current events from a biblical uh, worldview. So make sure you tune in every Tuesday, every Friday. And uh, again, thank you for listening. God bless. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there